What is going on, baseball fans? They said we couldn't do it, but we are back for another episode. Against all odds, me and Lorenzo, joined by my co-host as always, we are have returned to talk about baseball again. Who said we couldn't do it? We don't have anybody talking to everyone, us. <laughs> everyone was saying we couldn't do it. The haters are out to get us. You can't. Mm-hmm. They hate us because they, they can't yep. stop us right now. Us and Trevor Bauer against the world. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that little teaser. But um, teaser. How are you doing on this fine afternoon? I'm feeling good. Uh, it was it's a gloomy Sunday in it's Boston. A, it's, it's a not, Sunday. Not, it's yeah. It feels it's not not feeling great, right? It's like a Thursday. It does feel like a Thursday. Well, this is dropping mm. on Monday, so for you guys, it's a yeah, maybe so a sunny can... Monday, and you guys are having a great day. But for us, it's gloomy Sunday. Yeah. We're talking baseball. We got a long week. To recap, you know, we do our Monday weekly episodes, so you guys are locked in for that. We got our shoveler. The Cardinals return to play, and they got a ridiculous schedule. Bobby Manfred screwing over St. Louis. We got to talk about that. Trevor Bauer was in the news, like we mentioned, with more controversy. We had some a lot of sweeps this weekend. We'll give you the full rundown, but Jack, let's start like we always do. Let's talk some MLB headlines, and mm-hmm. I feel like we got to start with the Cardinals. Cardinals, they come back for the first time in 13 years, and they win both games with their doubleheader, kind of showing the lead. We're back. We can hit some dingers. We can we can pitch some games. They're now 2-0, and in their la- they're undefeated in their last 14 days of play. Undefeated in their last? Uh, that's not true because they lost today to the White Sox. So they won, oh, okay. they won two out of three against the White Sox, but the White Sox did hit four home runs in a row against the Cardinals. Oh. That he, that guy, on the Cardinals pitcher who gave up those four home runs had a no good, very bad day. <laughs> not not ideal. Has Jack Flaherty pitched yet? Jack Flaherty? I don't believe so, but uh, I can. I feel like I would have seen that. I can check, but not not great. Uh, Roll Ramirez. Sorry, guy. You gave up yeah. gave up four home runs in a row. Not great for him. So we we don't like to see that if you're a Cardinals fan. But you're currently 500 on the season, four and four. Mm-hmm. You came out hot <laughs> after out really after hot. a couple weeks couple weeks off. And honestly, I don't know how much of the Cardinals series you were able to catch. I know you had a busy weekend, weren't able to watch mm-hmm. a ton of baseball. But they looked good for for a team that hadn't played. I'm pretty sure they put up a four spot in their first game. Yeah, four four spot in their first game. Wainwright threw a solid five innings pitched. They look good as a team. I was I was impressed after the long layoff, and then to come back later in the day and win six to three against them again, in kind of a bullpen game. I was pretty impressed. Andrew Miller looked solid. He gave up a hit with two strikeouts in the ninth, which is good for the Cardinals. You want to see him get hot. So yeah, overall solid. If you're a feeling Cardinals fan, feel good. Goldie had two hits in the second game, two RBIs. Overall, good good day for you. Now, for the Cardinals, going back to our Corona previews before they went down for 13 years, what what were you saying about them? They they need a bat. They're missing a few bats. We our big thing about the Cardinals is they're missing a big bat, and I I'm still on that. Uh, I like mm-hmm. the way they came out. I like the way Goldie's swinging. Uh, Carpenter had a, a hit in the second game. He look he looks okay at the plate, but uh, overall, I still look at this lineup and this. There's no besides Goldschmidt. There's no name that makes me afraid as a hitter. Uh, yeah, as a I think pitcher. they kind of have a lot of like underrated, decent. I mean, like good MLB players, but like kind of your average hitter that will put up some numbers, about like 280. But yeah, they. It would have been nice to see them sign a big bat. I could. I know, think. George I think you had them winning the, the division. I kind of like. I thought you had them winning the division. I did. Yeah, I didn't. I think I had Cardinals Cubs. I didn't believe in the Brewers that much, which I think I'm kind of right on. But um, and who I, else isn't that bad, Larry? Uh, you got the Pirates and then the Reds, oh, yeah. and we were so right on the Reds. Give us we were right on the, the Reds. The Reds are one for fifty. We can, yeah, we can we can move them move into them next because they should be winning, but they're just not. Like they have it, everything, but they're just not winning. Their starting pitcher shoving, but Mike Lorenzen single handedly is probably the I most know. destructive force in baseball. Why does he it's, keep going out there? I'm going to look up his age because it's like, do they need him for the future? And they're trying to help his confidence, but like, just literally don't pitch him for a few games and see if you win. Why you do that uh, and get up his age, I'm going to talk quickly just about this Cardinal schedule before we move on from the cards. Uh, they got to play. They're back to play. They played three games in two days, and it's not going to get any easier as they were scheduled to play 53 games in 44 days. And I just want quickly want to address that I think it's uh, Cardinals... I don't see them being any sort of 
team, not because of any reflection on their players at all or talent. I think Flaherty's amazing. Goldschmidt's good, and they have a bunch of solid players on that team. I love Molina, but it's just you look at that team. That's so much baseball. Yeah, and it also hurts the teams they play. So it's almost like this is just really unfortunate for the league. And as I keep leading into the Reds, damn, I'm having these accidental segues. But with the Reds outbreak, you hope this doesn't happen again because if you have a couple teams needing to play doubleheaders every other day, that's really going to hurt every team in the league. And that that just brings down the excitement of the game because you're just throwing out bullpen guys to try to survive the season. But yeah, tough, tough break for the Cardinals. And with the Cubs rolling right now and the talent of the Reds and the easy the ease of the schedules for the other teams in that division cardinals have a the long road to the playoffs yeah let me lay out the nl central for you before you uh finally get a chance to do your segue into those reds so currently uh the, the central is shaping up like this you got the 13 and 6 cubs 4 and 4 cardinals 10 and 10 brewers 9 and 11 reds and 4 and 14 pirates the brewers uh and the cubs played a series this weekend which we'll get into later but jack what the hell are you trying to say on the Cubs? Go ahead. This is your moment. The Wait, the Cubs or the Reds? The Reds. Sorry. I messed up. <laughs> um, the Reds were in the news because they have the coronavirus. They have the coronavirus. I believe it was a coach who tested positive, if sources yeah. can confirm that. Um, by that, I mean no one's going to confirm that. Yeah, no. <laughs> just trust us, I guess. <laughs> just trust us. Just blindly trust us. Someone tested positive on the team. For coronavirus, and it led to a lot of hay in the haymaking in the news. I don't know if that's a thing, but let's say it led yeah, to a lot of headlines in the news. Yeah. I use a lot of phrases that aren't really a phrase, but if you just kind of say it, it works. So I'm all in. Yeah, exactly. So we got to talk about where do you want to start? You want to talk about Cubs? You want to talk about the Reds team, or do you want to talk about Trevor Bauer and his little rant? The you keep getting the Cubs and Reds confused. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's not a great day for me, but let's. Reds first. This team Reds. overall, yeah, how do you so, think this affects them? I mean, I'm honestly, this is why I want to talk about it. I'm a little confused if we just missed something or there's been no information. I feel like with the Cardinals, we got updates every day on new cases. Are they just not getting any new cases? Or, I mean, sadly, my immediate thought is, is baseball trying to keep it on the down low now because they want to try to get the Reds to play as many games? Because I feel like we should be getting more headlines. Well, currently, there's the, the Pirates and Reds won't play Monday because they're awaiting COVID test results. Uh, so that broke recently in the past hour, I believe. So they're not playing this weekend. So uh, when they get the results, that's when we'll know how bad it is. Yes, Reds' latest round of COVID-19 testing reportedly came back negative. But if we saw anything with the Phillies and the Cardinals, you kind of got to wait a couple days before you can really make yeah. any harsh decisions on this. So, so far, it's... Waiting for results and negative. Their week, their series against the uh, Pirates got postponed. Uh, they have Monday, I believe, is an off day scheduled, or it was a postponed game. And then they start a series with the Kansas City Royals on Tuesday in Kansas City. Uh, so unless we get definite positive news that they're clean, which I don't know if it's going to be able to do that within the um, within the next twenty four to forty eight hours. I don't know. They'll probably end up postponing that series against the Royals out of caution. So. You're looking probably at five or six games delayed for the card uh, for the Reds, and then right there you're gonna have a bunch of back to backs. So if you're the Reds, you're just praying that that's all you miss. Yeah, that would be that'd be great. There's probably no situation where they are back against the Royals. I mean, unless a miracle happens, but I feel like with how we've seen the Cardinal situation and even the Marlins, it's highly unlikely that one coach is gonna get it and no one else. So. It'd it, be a it little sucks. forced to get him back against the Royals. Yeah. That's that's quick. Yeah. And sadly, I think we'll probably see this happen to a lot of teams. And we're a third of the way into the season, I think, right? Yeah, Almost. we're about a little over 20 games. Yeah. So, we, I mean, hopefully we stay at this pace, maybe a little lower. That, that wouldn't be too bad. Exactly. So, so far, if we were to assess how it's gone so far, the Cardinals were a terrible, terrible situation. Um, they were out a long period of time, but every other team has been able to manage and dodge the minefield that is coronavirus in the MLB so far. And overall, I'm going to give them the MLB a B plus because we're still playing baseball games in the middle of August. Yeah. And I don't think me or you thought that would happen. So 
Yeah, no, we hopped on that Emergency Marlins podcast, and I was like, it's over. We're, we're done. But yeah. somehow they made the choice to keep going, and we haven't seen too many cases. I mean, you could argue that there's been a, a good amount, but we're, we're still playing baseball, so... We're, we're still happy. playing base. We're still playing baseball, man, and that's that's something that we should definitely be happy about. You want to know who's not playing baseball though for a couple of days? Who? Our boy Trevor Bauer and Trevor Bauer. It that sucks because he was supposed to pitch last night. I was I love a Trevor Bauer start. I get excited, and then of course their Saturday night game gets canceled. It did, and he does not. He was not quiet about it on Twitter, so I'm just going to give you some of these tweets. I want your reaction to them as we go. Let's not, we're not going to dive into the deep moral ethics of all this. We're just going to react like we do in a funny way. So hold on, guys. Uh, so his first tweet was, if y'all want to watch what it's like to be on a team that's starting a, staring a potential COVID-19 outbreak in the face, watch, uh, check out Watch Momentum, his YouTube channel. Uh, I'm vlogging the whole thing, so be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss out on any of the fun, panic, terror. I don't know. So right there, that that got a lot of people up in arms. And I, yeah, what's your gut reaction? My gut reaction is like, okay, he's he's marketing. I mean, companies do worse, but the word fun kind of throws me off. Like, just add, maybe just even add, panic, terror, question mark. Like, add in fun, like a. Like that that word makes it sound like you're profiting off others peop other people's pain. Very true. Not not the best way to pose it. I'm not so yeah, not not the ideal way to put it. We don't love to hear that. Um but then we had a series of other tweets. He attacked a couple of journalists, we don't need to get into that. But then he tweeted out, Hey, at Boris Corp, which is Scott Boris's agency, who represents Trevor Bauer, I believe. I can check it, but he represents most of the major league talent in the MLB. If you have a problem with me, call me directly. Stop sending players to do my bidding. So now he's in a full-on Twitter roar with everybody, and he's making headlines. He's furious. He's attacking his agent. He's attacking his, not attacking his teammates, but he's you know he's very upset. So yeah, that's that's basically what Trevor Bauer was doing. And then his concluding tweet, or one of them, was. Scott Boris wants to shut my vlog down, is not a friend of the people or fan, is not a fan of player marketing themselves, is not a fan of marketing his players. PSA to all players reading this, he doesn't care about you, he cares about himself and his ego. Be smart. So Trevor Bauer is on a scorched earth to campaign right now. Yeah, that's that's pretty fascinating because, I mean, Trevor Bauer is probably one of Boris's like smaller clients. I, I mean... He has some I, – I, that's bad wording. He has some really big clients. He has Bryce Harper, I know for a fact. I believe he has Mookie Betts as mm -hmm. well. He has Xander Bogarts. Uh, so all right there are just players who came off to my head that I know are Scott Boris guys. And most players in the MLB who make a reputable amount of money. Uh, Steven Strasburg is a Boris guy. Um, I believe Machado is a Boris guy. Cole, I think so, is, but I can't confirm. But those are the players I guarantee you are Boris guys. So he's known for representing the top market talent in the MLB, the players who get pay paid when they go to market. So Scott Boris coming at them, this is a big thing in MLB. And I don't know if people already realize, like, that's like the giant of MLB right there. Yeah, he kind of the, the guy behind the scenes. And I think this is going to be an interesting storyline to follow. Like, do it's probably a bad thing if you don't want your, if you're, if, the agents of the best players in baseball are against marketing yourselves, as Trevor Bauer says, might be why them will be struggling to grow. Like, maybe it's not as much as Manfred as it is the agents are maybe working with Manfred or just trying to get the most money, not taking risks. But you've got to take some risks. Some people are going to not like your brand, but it's important to make a brand. Very, very true. And I think this is more of a message of, like we said, like you said right there, English, hard, like you said right there, Trevor Bauer may not be the best person to be starting this Scorched Earth campaign. While I'm a big fan of him and I love that he's marketing himself, uh, he is controversial in many other ways. So there already is an audience of people who want to dislike him no matter what he does. So then if you put yourself in a state where it's easy to come at you with controversial tweets, such as that one about vlogging the coronavirus and other stuff, it may be a little bit hard, harder for players to get behind you and push you, but I do like the message of players marketing themselves, and overall, I think it's the right thing to do. Now, I, I think that 
I don't think that Trevor Bauer is going to be the one, though, that gets the movement in full effect. I would love to see it. I just don't know if the support of the players is going to be behind him on this one. Yeah, he's got to get the support of Tatis, Acuna, um, the young stars of the future to kind of change the ways. Because he, I don't think, I mean, it's never the first guy. That he's the martyr. He's never, he's, he won't start the revolution. He's going to die for it. Exactly. So he's not going to be the one to change it. But when we look back on it, we may be like, hey, the, all these players are very personable lately. Where did it start? Mm-hmm. And then we, in 10 or 5 years, we may be looking at Trevor Bauer as the one who did it. I'm a huge fan of his, but most people do not like him in his revolutionary ways. So, yeah, that's what's on the Reds. But we got other NL teams to talk about. That's enough on Trevor Bauer mm-hmm. and his whole controversy. Let's get to these other MLB teams. And I want to stay in the Central for a minute with my Cubs versus Brewers, the series of the oh, dang series you should have watched this weekend. Oh, I think yeah. I said that right. Uh, um, the oh dang series yep. you should have watched this week goes to the Cubs versus the Brewers. I consumed as much of this series as I have of any series in baseball so far. Probably I missed like an inning today because I had to I record this pod. I missed this whole series. So why don't you take me like game by game kind of what was the vibes of the series? So it was a one-run series and a tie game series this entire way through, Friday and Saturday night especially. Uh, I can give you the scores of each game starting with Friday if you would like. Uh, so we started on Friday. It was four free Cubs. Uh, four free Brewers beat the Cubs. Cubs were leading three to one. And then Christian Yelich hit a free run bomb to take the lead. And then they were able to cruise to a victory. Great game for the Cubs, for the Brewers right there. Then yesterday, Brewers won an extra innings, uh, tied 4-4, heading into extra innings. Brewers were able to score two runs in extras, get to the Cubs' bullpen, which was really good to see. Cubs responded with one run, but couldn't play the second one. And then today, the Brewers were able to trump the Cubs again, 6-5, so that's three one-run games over the weekend. Brewers complete the sweep in a solid game overall. Josh Lindblom for the Brewers got tagged up. But overall, they were able to survive and put up runs against the Cubs and pull out late. So that's what we want to see. They broke the tie. in I believe they broke the tie in the top of the seventh inning. Six to five. Brewers won all games in the later innings. So right there, that's big for the Brewers because the Cubs were 13-3 coming into the series. Now they sit at 13-6. The Brew Crew got back to 500 at 10-10. And, and their offense looks looks good. They're back off uh they're getting, let's try that again. They're getting off the schneid a little bit. Yelich had two more hits today. Like I mentioned earlier, he had that big hit on Friday night's game. So he had a good series. And yeah, the Brewers are looking good, man. Do you think the Brewers... Because obviously, I think their offense has been struggling a little bit and they did lose Lorenzo Cain. This sweep is big for him, especially with how good the Cubs pitching has been. But do you see them having long-term, long-term success? Do you think this is a, a like important moment that we'll look back on? Or do you think this is kind of a like, oh, this was a fun series. They just got some timely hits. I think the Brewers right now are probably what they're going to be in 40 games, 30 and 30-ish. I think they're a 500 ball club. Uh, I, like their, I like their pitching and their use, the way that Craig Council was able to maneuver it. Uh, yesterday, he didn't have access to Josh Hader, and he was still able to— Maneuver the bullpen. He got Suter come out of their pen. Who's true? Uh, if you guys don't know who this guy is, his pitching stance looks like he's always in a state of Friday fun dumping. Mm-hmm. He's just in the weirdest <laughs> squat ever. It's very interesting to watch. And he throws 85 miles per hour from a sidearm angle that just sneaks up on hitters. They were all late on this 85 miles per hour fastball. And he carried the uh, Brewers into that extra innings that gave him a chance to win. So he was like the guy that stood out to me in this series. Um, I just see their ability is probably a 500 team because I don't like their rotation and their depth on offense. If Christian Yelich isn't going 100%, isn't great, is why they, which is why they got off to a so slow start. If Yelich isn't able to fire and be an MVP, then they really don't have much offense behind him. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think um, you kind of nailed it on the head. I think I... They're kind of the definition of a 30-30 team. And, hey, maybe they'll get a series about it. The 30-30 team. Who knows? Uh, 30 for 30. 30-30. 30 for 30. The 30 for 30 Brewers. We would love to see that. (laughs) But, yeah, they they showed they definitely slapped the Cubs in the face, which is the first time this season that the Cubs have been hit in the mouth. It's the first time they've lost back-to-back games this season, let alone be swept. So, Mm. 
gut check time for the Cubs as they move on into their next series. I believe they're playing the Cardinals in a free game set. Uh, so it's gut check time for the Cubs and the Cardinals as well. We've got to see what they are made of. So if you're looking for a series to catch up on over the next couple of nights, make sure you check out the Cubs-Cardinals series because that should be a good one. And I believe Lester's getting the ball tomorrow. And Jack Flaherty will get the ball at some point in this series. So there's a lot of yeah. a lot of names to be checking out there. I'm I'm gonna look this up because I don't know why they played three games and Jack Flaherty hasn't pitched. Maybe they were I don't know exactly either, but maybe the quick double header and then they're both seven inning games. Maybe they were trying to conserve him for a nine inning game. I'm not really sure. Uh yeah. I don't know. So we'll That'd have to be figure that out. If they saved him for the nine inning game, because I feel like that would be like the good like marketing move. So that's that's interesting. Maybe I just pulled that out of my ass. If it's true, then I'm great, great. But if not, then no. I don't know about that. But um, I think I want to move on to the NL West real quick because there are some storylines there that I think we got to talk about while you're looking up that Jack Flaherty start. I can just give a little bit of monologue on it. The NL West is currently sitting. Dodgers leading 15-7. and seven, Rockies 12-8. and eight, Padres 11-11. Diamondbacks with a ferocious weekend to come to 10-11. and 11, And the Giants are sitting at 8-14 and 14, deep in the basement. And uh, the two teams that we've been talking a lot about this past couple weeks, uh, Rockies and Padres, are both 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. Padres are 500, four games back at the Dodgers, and it's starting to look like the Dodgers are separating from the pack. Yeah, I would say looking at this week of baseball, I didn't follow it as closely, or like the last three days I didn't follow it as closely. You've definitely seen, you saw a lot of sweeps and you saw a lot of... Um, like, oh, this is what we thought was going to happen. The fun teams are kind of like, oh, yeah, we're we're missing the core players that we need to succeed over and over again. Yeah, the, uh, the teams that are good are starting to identify themselves, and the teams that are fun are starting to, like, middle out, which is expected because if you're a fun team, you're there's obviously a lot going right for you. Like with the Padres, their rotation has not been great. They continue to give up a lot of runs. They got they lost a game to the Diamondbacks this weekend on a throw out at the plate. It was seven to six. Third base coach uh, waved the Padres runner home, and he got gunned down at the plate to lose the game. So that's a really demoralizing loss. They've already lost two games to the Diamondbacks, and while we're recording this, I believe they are currently losing two to nothing to the Diamondbacks again. Uh, so overall, it's just nope. Uh, never mind. They're currently leading the Diamondbacks three to two. They came Ooh. back, so that's gonna keep changing. Live updates as the pod goes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Live so, news on the most important stories, the Diamondbacks game. Exactly, but the Padres still they're kinda of middling out, but hey, are Diamondbacks man. They're fighting back. They are, yeah. We we said come on Diamond I think our quote was come on Diamondbacks, do better. And they've done better. So congrats, Diamondbacks, comeback team of the week. New segment. Seven seven and three in their last ten games. Our boy Ahmed had a solid weekend. He drove in a couple runs. And overall, this team's this team's looking good, man. They're they're able to score when they're when they're all clicking. They have a their lineup has been playing good, so that's what you want to see. And they've been able to survive the Madison Bumgarner loss, even though it's not like he hasn't been pitching well. He was their offseason signing, so mm-hmm. him not panning out is definitely a kick in the face for the Diamondbacks. But hey, they've been able to handle it this week and get back to relevancy. Cole Calhoun was a better signing than Mad Bum, so that's just facts. Cole Calhoun is super thick, so of course he is. That, boy, yeah. that boy's got some weight to him. We love that guy. He's, he's thriving, and without being next to Mike Trout, he's like, oh, yeah, send me Arizona, I'll show out. Easy. Fact, speaking of Mike Trout, he had himself a battle of California this weekend. Dodgers versus mm-hmm. Angels had a free game set. Dodgers took the first two, and it was a star-studded series, and they're currently leading the third game 8-2 to two in the top of the sixth inning as we're recording. And Mike Trout had a bomb in game two, but also he struck out potentially as a tie, tying a go-ahead run on free pitches mm. to Kenley Jansen. So Those Mike Trout, pitches. they were dirty pitches, but you got can't can't leave the bat on your shoulder there. Yeah, it's something I feel like something he normally doesn't do, or maybe we don't see him in those situations enough, which should be the thing. I mean, that kind of suck if he isn't clutch. But, yeah, that's um, what I'm. I had the same thought, but I didn't want to come out as one of those hot take people because yeah, no. I hate hot takes. That's obviously a hot take. It's obviously an overreaction. Those were three, like those three pitches could have been called a ball. It could have been three and zero. So, I hundred percent agree. They were all really, really corner pitches and paint yeah. by Jansen. So way to work it. Kenley Jansen needed a game like that. But um, if you look at it, it's just like a little bit of snippet of Trout in pressure. And you know, sometimes I'm not saying anything about him being clutch, but it would have been nice to see him deliver. 
Yeah, and I'm sure he's delivered many times. It's just kind of when a player's that good, anytime he fails, everyone's on you. So I don't think there's too much there, but, I mean, good job, Tinley Jansen. Those were three dots. Yeah, dot. Wait a dot. Dot. <laughs> we love to see it. Um, other AL West news, my Oakland Athletics continue to roll, mm. and I think the text of the weekend was when I looked at my phone this morning, and Jax told me, hey, your A's are rolling, and I'm like, you better uh-huh. believe that my A's are rolling, and if you're not on the train, hop on, 12-2 and two in August, currently looking for the sweep over the Giants, they're leading late in the game, 11-2, to two, top of the six, so that's a wrap, sweep for the A's, <laughs> love to see it. They're going to be 16-6 and six at the end of this. 9-1 and one in their last 10 games, I believe. 7-14 winning percentage. Clearly six games ahead, the second closest team in the division. Two comeback wins over the weekend against the Giants. A comeback Grand Slam, which now the Oakland A's have free Grand Slams in the ninth inning or later, and no other MLB team has won. So, that's a stat. That may be my stat of the day. Yeah, they they just keep coming back, and just looking at these standings, just a little, this might be a little diversion or whatever, but the Rangers are in second place. Like, what? when did that happen? Rangers are 10-9 and nine in second place. The Astros are 11-10 and 10 now, so they're kind of getting back. They had a bounce back-ish weekend against the Mariners, yeah. so they looked, they looked good. The Rangers took two out of three against the Rockies this weekend. Uh, so the Rangers just don't want to die. They're seventy-three in their last ten games. They're making a solid push over there. So that's a, that's good for them. And it's just the battle for second place is what that division has turned into. Yeah, and I feel like you, if you're fighting for second place, you I think you just have to draw the Astros. But is there a world where the Rangers or the Angels can beat out the Astros like that? I mean, that movie's probably ruined for that, but don't think it's going to happen with the Angels or Mariners, so the, the Rangers would really have to show out, and I don't think they have the offense for it. The bottom of the AOS is really is really starting to, like, sh- the yeah. powerhouse, the a- Oakland Athletics are by far the best team in baseball right now, and then the Mariners and the Angels are two of the worst teams in baseball, 2-8 and eight, three and 10, 3 and 7 in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a battle between the Rangers and Astros, and if I was a betting man, I'd probably put my money on the Strohs, but hey, the, the Rangers, please prove me wrong. I want to be wrong. I did want to talk about that a little bit, how there's only a few really bad teams yet. Like, even the, like, quote-unquote bad teams are doing, a lot of them are doing well. Like, the Orioles, Tigers, Royals, they're they're not playing that bad. So, but the teams you see really tanking, if I, if I do say myself, the Red Sox, um, you see the Angels playing really bad, and the Mets are kind of struggling. So, I think it's kind of an interesting switch, like, the... The bad teams are playing better than these teams that were supposed to be like sneaky candidates to win the division, you know? Oh, no, I think that's right for sure. I think what we're going to notice is that there's still going to be, um, if I my predictions, if I had to make a prediction 20 games into the season, I think we're still going to see the cream of the crop. Like the Dodgers are still going to have way more wins than anybody else in that division. Same with Oakland. And there's still going to be really, really bad teams in baseball. We may just have gotten them wrong, who they are. Yeah, but it's also like in tw- in like three weeks, are the Orioles still going to be rolling, or are we going to see the Red Sox find it a little bit because they have a more talented roster? But the Orioles are just winning games. I think they that, do. Uh, I don't. I may have to disagree at this with, point. Like, with talent, yes. I mean performance, no. But how the Red Sox are supposed to play is miles better than how the Orioles are supposed to play. I guess so. But the fact their rotation is so putrid that I look at that team and I say they don't have a chance of winning. If the, if the Red Sox don't win another game this season, that's an overreaction, but I wouldn't be surprised, man. They mm. they don't they can't field a major league roster. The Yankees have took take their foot and kicked them in the face. I think but on that I, same I, kick, I heard the Yankees actually broke their foot on that kick to the face and now they are in the IL. Yes, the 21 runs against the Red Sox can beat you up as a team over two games. And, man, they got some banged-up bodies. John Carlos Stan, Aaron Judge, and I believe it was DJ LeMayhew, am I correct? Mm-hmm. All Sprained on the— last night. Sprained, was he playing too much Fortnite? Probably was, yeah. The Him and David sticks. Price must be boys. <laughs> yeah. 
they must be grinding together because he's he's currently now on the IL. That's free. Uh, people banged up for the Yankees. They're beating up the Red Sox right now. Gary Sanchez gotten hot. Clint Frazier has gotten hot against the Sox. Garrett Cole shoved against them. Although your boy Verdugo had a swag home run. Yeah, Ver- Verdugo's the only good part about the Red Sox. He's a legend. I've said it before. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's just easy at this point. Okay, carry on. Thank you. I, I'm hey. I'm starting to get. A, I'm more welcome to Verdugo swag if he's performing like he is. I'm more willing to I accept mean, it. You can't hate on him now because he's literally the only fun part about the Red Sox. So as Red Sox fans, you kind of just have to be like, okay, because there's nothing else going on there. Yeah, it's like, I, how do I hate the only guy who's showing me any sort of talent yeah. whatsoever? So I can't really hate the guy right now. But um, yeah, the Yankees, man, they're banged up. We saw this happen to them last season. And this feels like a trend with the Yankees roster over the past couple seasons. They've built this juggernaut force, but... Their inability to maintain it on the field, you're always talking about when their lineup is fully healthy, but their lineup is never fully healthy, so you have to wonder, man, is the only thing that can beat the Yankees is the Yankees? Yeah, I probably. I wonder if you start to see, like, do they fire their trainer? Like, maybe get a new performance coach? I don't, like, there's something going wrong there. Or maybe they just sign these monsters of men that are just, like, Aaron Judge is bound to get hurt. He's like 6'8", 282 pounds. Like that, you're gonna get injured. He's just a monster of a man. So maybe it's that, but like I don't know. Maybe stretch some more. I don't know. Do, do Hypothetical for you. Uh-huh. Here, we, here's what I want to talk about with the Yankees because the Rays, your team, who you predicted, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure I we got to give you. We got to give. Hey, give Thor some pod credit here, guys. We've had mm-hmm. a couple hits this week. Um, Tampa Bay Rays eight and two in their last ten games. They obviously laid a dick whipping on the Red Sox, uh, <laughs> scored 17, 17 runs in one game, and yes. just absolutely took took it to the Sox at Fenway. I believe they've won eight in a row now at Fenway Park. Um, either they've just dominated Boston, and the Yankees have also won, I believe, eleven of their last twelve regular season games against the Red Sox. So Red Sox taking some tough losses in the division, but so the Reds the Rays got hot. They're eight and two now. They're one game back. They're two games back on the Yankees. Fourteen and six Yankees. Thirteen and nine Rays. So hypothetical, if you're the Yankees, do you prioritize the division, or do you prioritize health? Would the new playoff format? It doesn't matter as much if you win the division. If you get second place in the division, it's probably like better for the Yankees. But just in case, sixty games, you never know. These Orioles might keep winning. The Blue Jays could get hot. Like. I think you just gotta work on securing the division because you don't wanna you don't wanna face a good team. But so yeah, the Orioles are two and a half back of the Yanks. The Rays are two games back of the Yanks, and I believe the Yankees and Rays play a series soon. If I'm correct, I can check their schedule. Yeah, they have a four. Think, yeah, they have a free game tonight? series starting Tuesday. They have a, Tuesday. The Yankees get to beat up on the Red Sox tonight, and then oh yeah, the, the so they're gonna get to sweep tonight, and then. They play again tomorrow to conclude the four-game set against the Red Sox. So they got two easy dubs coming there. And then they go and play Tampa Bay for a free-game set. And then they play the Mets. And then they play they play the Mets. Wow. They play the Mets so many times in a row. Wait, never mind. I'm blind. They play them for a free-game series. And they play the Braves for a two-game series and the Mets again. Uh, so it's like the series between the Yankees and Rays. You're going to see a lot there. And I would be very interested to see the approach by the Yankees because do you want to rush Judge back? Do you want to rush Stanton back? Do you want to rush LeMahieu back if you're prioritizing winning the division? Or should you just, you know, take a step back and not get into a neck-and-neck fight with the Rays and focus more on getting that full roster healthy? That's probably a good strategy, but it doesn't – it won't work and they won't do it because you just – you never know. You can't – that just comes off bad if you say, like, oh, we're good enough. We're just going to rest our guys. Like, you – Anything could happen then. That's just, like, not a good recipe for success. But the Rays and Yankees series is my series to watch this week because they are almost – they have about the same record. 14-6 um, Yankees and 13-9 Rays. Yeah, so uh, Yankees have lost three games less, but, like, they're, they're kind of on the same trajectory. and But they could not be more opposite in teams. Like, when you think of the Yankees playing the Rays, I, if I'm the Rays, I'm still terrified. But if I'm the Yankees, I feel like the Yankees could lose, but I'm not scared. The Yankees are just scary. The Rays will just beat you somehow. So 
So it's interesting that these are two, like, juggernauts in the in the American League, but they're just the exact opposite of how you can build a team. Uh, 100%. Yank- Rays rely on pitching and bullpen. Yankees rely on mostly hitting and then Garrett Cole. Um, yeah. I'm going to try to find out who the probable pitchers for that series are because I would love to see the matchups we're getting. Tyler Glass now has not looked great this season, in my opinion. I think that uh, maybe the hype train for the um, the overall as a team, the Rays, we maybe got a little bit out in front of them. So that's mm-hmm. a little concerning. Uh, Blake's now is starting the first game against the Yankees, and they don't have the other starter listed. But I believe it would be Garrett. Not Maybe it's Garrett Cole was game one or game two. But Garrett Cole was in that series. I think, he, he pitched, I think he'd throw two. Probably, yeah, because he pitched game one against the Sox. So he's probably two, but they don't. The Yankees have TBD on who's starting their first game, so I'm not really sure who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a team, though, their their rotation isn't looking great. If you're looking at the Yankees, Montgomery 5.17 ERA, J.A. Happ is a 10.29 ERA, Garrett Cole's obviously shoving, but everybody else on that team is and the rotation isn't looking great. So yeah. it's a it'd be a real it's gonna be a really telltale series between. Are the Rays legitimately going to challenge the Yankees, or are the Yankees going to stomp on them and take over? If either team sweeps, the other team is nervous. If either Okay, so if the Rays sweep, panic button in New York? Not panic, but it, you're kind of like, oh, because you thought you were running away, and then the Rays went 8-2 and two in their last 10, and you're like, oh. they The Rays did just win the series over the Yankees this week. They did. In a walk-off fashion. They walked off on them and then um, won the series. So they're they're a little nervous already. So if the Rays come in and sweep the Yankees, I think you're thinking, uh, yeah, I'm hitting panic button. I think you hit the panic button. If you, So if the Rays sweep the Yankees, you hear hit the pan button, panic button. If the Yankees sweep the Rays, also hit the panic button. I think this, you can't get yeah. swept. You got to win one. Yeah, you got to win you gotta split is kind of the goal, or win the series. Is it three or four? Doesn't really matter. But it's a free it's a free game series. Okay, so yeah, definitely try to get two or even one. You're right. But um, uh, if I'm the if I'm a hot take, I'm not a hot take artist. But if I'm a hot take artist right here, uh, I would say that the Rays have, the Yankees have to win two out of three more than the Rays have to win two out of three. I feel like the Yankees losing a series to the Rays already. You don't want to lose another series to the second put the team that you're in competition yeah. with. Uh, you want to start to show that you can beat them and you know reestablish. Hey, I'm that big big brother role in the division. So uh, I would like to, if you're a Yankees fan, you're not going to panic if they lose too, but you definitely it'd be a nice little confidence boost to see them whack the Red Sox and then take two out of three against the Rays. Yeah, and the the Rays are rolling, so this would the Yankees could stop them, or the Rays could just keep on going and then. That probably gets scared for the Yankees because they did, they could just keep on rolling. But also, just looking at the standings really quick, the Orioles haven't lost in a away game since opening day. Isn't that crazy? Eight and one on the road. They're just they're full, dude. They were forced. They lost two or three against this week. Uh, this weekend against the Nationals. But what stood out to me and what was making the rounds on Twitter is they tagged Scherzer, man. They're tagging everyone they face. They're just hitting. They're putting up runs. They're just tagging. They're getting people angry in the stands, and they're getting <laughs> furious. Preview in a couple minutes, Bad Boys of Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like they're getting a lot of people upset in the stands, and they can hit. They can straight up mash. I don't know how sustainable it is, but I'm at the question now. After this week, 7-3 in their last 10 games, the Orioles, 8-1 on the road. Are the Orioles good? I will say it right here. I've bought into them the most of any other bad team. I, why have the bad teams been like the story of our podcast? We love talking about them. We love, dude. We our team, our team projections. We did forty minutes on the Royals. Yeah, but and I, I'm honestly am disappointed in the Royals. They're nine and thirteen, so that's. I mean, actually, that's not bad for them. That's kind of what we predicted for them. They got players going off, so. Um, but yeah, so Lair, I'm pretty sure Orioles. had zero for six with six strikeouts this week, though. So that's not that bad. is rough. But um, they got um, Michael Franco, Whit Merrifield, and Salvador Perez are all going off. So good for them. But the Orioles, they're so good. They're playing so good, and I still don't know their players. Like I still don't really know what Anthony Santander looks like. But he's raking. Uh, it's literally so true. Um, 
and that's that's what you have to think about if you're if you're a um, if you're a fan of the uh, Oreos, like don't even care about who the players are because they're not a part of your future. They don't mm-hmm. matter in the long term. Like no disrespect to what they're doing. Hanser Alberto have a day. Jose Iglesias go off, but it's literally just a fun story. And you're starting to see all the other fun bad teams fade off. Tigers nine and ten now. Royals nine and thirteen. Uh, who was our other fun bad team? Marlins. They're they're still winning. They're still winning, but they're five and five in their last ten games. They're nine and six. But, Quickly. Yeah, so- uh, Orioles seven and three in their last ten. They're heating up. Yeah, they're getting they're they're staying hot. They're they cooking. They put the stove on about seven. They don't want to boil too much, mm-hmm. and they're just staying. They're staying at a nice little pace, and they're keeping five hundred pace. And they're looking like a team. I do not think the Orioles are good yet. I'm running along, which will bring us to our segment of who you should bandwagon this week in baseball. I'm running along by the Orioles, but I'm not hopping on. You want to know what team I am hopping on? Who are you hopping on? I got to, you know, drum roll, please, please, in my head. (laughs) Thank you. We talked about a little bit earlier. The Brewers, psych, no. You should hop on the Braves bandwagon, which is going to catch some people off guard. They are 5-5 in their last 10 games. They have not looked good. Acuna just went on the DL. But I look at this team. They took two or three against the Marlins. They had a rough series against the Yankees. They lost two. And I look at this team, and I just think they should be so much better than they are right now. I think they have way more talent. Soroka's out, but Max Fried has been shoving for them, and I f- am just waiting for the moment that that team just clicks. Acuna out tough is a tough loss, and Soroka, they have some injuries, but that team is so much better than a 13-10 ball club that they're going to get hot. And I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm buying stock on the Braves now. Because I think it's low, and it's stupid low. Looking at the rest of the NL East... That's another. Like, that's my next part. It's like, why are they not undefeated? <laughs> like, they're 13-10, and 10 and they're still kind of like the easy runaway. I just... Marlins are 9-6. and six. They've played some games, but 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Everyone's basically 500 in their last 10 in that division, so it's kind of even. But they... The Phillies, Nats, and Mets are not looking like the threats we thought, so... Yeah, I like that bandwagon. I think the Braves, they have the talent. They have lost the pitching, which I'm a little worried about, but they should be able to roll through that NL East unless the Marlins keep hot. You never know. Yeah, they could, but I look at the rest of the NL East and none of the teams are really showing me anything. The Phillies swept the Mets this weekend. They looked good. Uh, You'll hear a little bit more about them later in Shove Alert. I have a little little Philly fun fact. You know I love my Phillies. Unless I'm losing some... Brain knowledge right here. I don't even know what that means, but it says the Phillies are only—they've only played one away game. No, that's correct. That's what the standings say. They have only played one away game. They are eight and eight at home. I believe that's because of COVID and their road trip got canceled. Yeah, uh, so, so you're gonna have a lot of away. Sixteen home games, one away game. Not the record you want to see at home. Not not great. Maybe they got to get away <laughs> from the home park. Yeah, it's kind of rough when you play literally every single game at home. You don't have to travel. And they're eight and nine, kind of weird. Not a great say. Hey, they came into the series six to nine, and then they pulled out eight and nine and beat up on the Mets. So mm-hmm. the Mets, Mets, not a team you like to get too preferred about beating up on. But Bryce Harper has sneakily become one of the least talked about players in baseball, even though he's having a season. Um, so and he's just like, which I predicted. I got that right. I told you Bryce Harper is going to be good this year. He's he's slowly your become MVP pick, I believe. Hey, I'm not saying it's out yet. The guy can hit. So who knows? Uh, maybe he can pull it off. But just looking at this team, the Phillies are looking better, but they're still their pitching depth is not there. So the Braves should be able to beat up on the Nats who are underwhelming, the Mets who kind of suck, and the Phillies who are just not great. And I think the Marlins are going to come down to earth. So just watch out for the Braves. I would. My prediction is next week on this pod, we're going to be looking at an 8-2, and 7-3 and three last 10 games and firmly in first place in the division. I do think the Braves are going to separate themselves, but if they do on the off chance, they've lost some pitching, so you could see, if you could see them going down if Acuna and Albies don't really return in the near future, their pitching continues to lack depth. Do the Marlins have the best chance to run away with that division out of the it, other bad teams? If it's the Braves, if it's not the Braves, I think that the Nationals are playing underwhelming baseball. 
and I think that the uh, Phillies could be better than they are. I think the Marlins are least the probably the least talented team in the division. Yeah, for sure. So I think that their magic is going to run dry eventually, so I would say no. I could see the I see the Marlins finishing 4th in the division. With the Mets 5th? Yeah. I see the Phillies, Braves and Nats probably all being better than them. When it's all okay. said and done. I have do I have permission to move on to a little new fun segment? Yes, and then after that, we got to give our shoves. But go ahead, give me a new segment. Yeah, we do. We we've just been discussing, straight up discussing yeah. out here. Hey, all right, man, we got a baseball pod. What are we doing out here? Yeah, before the season started, we had one big bet about my guy, Alex Verdugo, and the bet oh, was I forget just about a little this bet, bet update. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot about this. Oh. One. No, what did I say? <laughs> you said if Alex Verdugo hits ten home runs and thirty RBIs. He will buy an Aaron Judge Aaron Judge jersey, and wear it on one of our podcasts, and we'll oh, film it. No. And it'll, it'll be a whole thing. I'll make him pay. And we are now one third of the way through the season, and Verdugo's stats are coming in at five home runs and eight RBIs. So he is on pace on the home runs by far, and he should. He's a little behind on the um, RBIs, but it's it's plausible. Okay, so we got to have a little bit of a men. I will do it if it happens. I, I say stuff mm-hmm. and then I regret it. Dang it. I'm yes. feeling- oh, I, wrote, I wrote this one down. No, I'm going to have to look on MLB.com slash shop later. Um, <laughs> what if he gets 10 home runs but not 30 RBIs? Maybe do I have do to buy a jersey? No, I think if he gets one and not the other, then I don't have to do my punishment, which I forget what it was, but it was something. Yeah, I'll make up a new one or I'll go back and listen to the episode. But. Okay, oh, good. Wait, no, no. Uh, if I lost, I had to wear a Judge jersey. If if you if I won, you had to buy a Verdugo jersey. Oh, good. Which is good now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. But bet. you know, I don't like Verdugo. <laughs> I don't like him. But yeah, so if he gets, I think he's gonna get the home runs pretty uh, easily. He's got RBI more pop the, than I gave him credit for. The Red Sox just don't score, so getting 30, 30 RBIs will be rough. That'll be impressive because that's like an RBI every other game. So you project that over 160 games, and that's 60 RBI. Like an a-hole. But if not, then I will gladly watch you struggle walking yeah. around. I'm going to take you to Boston and make you walk around in that oh. Yankees jersey. That would be a safety hazard. That, maybe. You make it beat up. Hey, no one's standing also, six feet apart from you. I'm on this new document, that, or this old document, and we might, have, we might have to expose one of our really bad takes. What's our really bad take? Corona season preview. We did every team in 13 days. Check them out. They're really good. They're really wrong now, so maybe don't check them out. But They're actually kind of funny put, to look back on now. They are. Maybe just play it and like put the volume down, like Justin Bieber style. <laughs> but, um, that's a great way to do it run the algorithm come on guys we said the marlins would win 13 games and lose 47 games and I, they've already won nine so you want to know what though i'm glad to be wrong on that i am too yeah the we thought the bad teams would be awful the bad teams have been unreal so i mean good for them really yeah, good we love bad baseball teams so ba- marlins we're, we are so wrong you probably listen to this podcast and that's what jailed your team you heard us sleep on you. So, yeah, that's that's one of our old takes exposed, you know. There you get it. But what I want to talk about now is I need to hear who shoved this week in baseball. We've done a lot of projections. But let's talk about a little bit, go back a little bit. Who who stepped on the mound and shoved this week, kid? Today I'd like to give the award of shove alert with a, um asterisk, Houston Astros style. Um, Blake Snell shoved against the Red Sox. So kind of asterisk, asterisk there. Um, the next game, they, the Red Sox lost like 17-6 to six or something like that. But Blake Snell shoved. He only are, we allowed to give, are we allowed to give a shove alert to someone who pitches against the Red Sox? In well, that's why, I'm putting the, that's why I'm putting the asterisk there. All Probably right, in the future, right. no. But um, he looked good. He, I think he's still on a pitch count, but kind of the, the Snells is a Snell. Wait, what is it? Snellzilla. That's hard to say. I don't, I don't know. Really Snellzilla? Like Snellzilla. Not a great Maybe nickname. And I just messed it up. Yeah, don't don't love it. But he shoved kind of a boring shove alert, honestly. That I, w- I wasn't really too prepared. But um, I he's looking like his former ace self. 
and that is very important for the Rays. So just for that, um, go go off, Snellzilla. No, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. No. So I have a couple shove alerts to give, um, if you don't mind. Is that is that allowed on the pod? Yeah, I mean, hit me with a couple. All right, good. So my first shove alert is people are going to come out and call me biased, but I got to give it to Zach Wheeler of the Phillies because mm-hmm. a big talk coming into the season was how Zach Wheeler was going to perform as this number two pitcher for the – or was he even a number two pitcher? Uh, like we didn't know exactly what he was going to be in the season uh, compared to what he got paid. So everyone was watching. Everybody wanted to know what he was going to look like. And Zach Wheeler has shoved this season. He currently has a 2-8-1 ERA and his most recent start, which, hey, guess what? It was today. He went on the mound and he was shoving seven innings pitched, two runs, four strikeouts against his old team, the Mets. He shoved against them. He's shoved against the Yankees earlier in the season. And overall, have yourself a season. Zach Wheeler, you are one of the few bright spots on that um, the Phillies rotation. So, hey, dude, shove. I have a second Phillies, shove alert. Phillies can't pitch. Okay, go on. Phillies can't pitch. Nola and Wheeler can deal. Everyone else doesn't know how to pitch. Their bullpen okay. is atrocious. And so then you look at my second shove alert is not what you would normally see from a shovel alert, okay. it's going to go to Kevin Gossman of the Baltimore Orioles, who pitched mm-hmm. five inning, five and two-thirds innings and gave up three runs. So now you're probably like, what is this guy talking about? He has a 421 ERA in a season. Not great. But if you watched, I, want, I recommend go watch the highlights August 15th against the Oakland Athletics. He had 11 strikeouts, and he was throwing a splitter that was unhittable. It was one of the most impressive pitches I've seen in baseball in a long time. I don't know. I don't watch enough Kevin Gosman starts to be like, this is something that happens often. But just for this game, he was wheeling and dealing, and it was honestly very impressive to watch, especially against an Oakland team that is raking against everybody. So five and two-thirds, giving up free runs and 11 strikeouts, pretty impressive to me. So I'm going to have to tip my cap to Kevin Gosman on that one. Not your standard shove, but have yourself a day, kid. Yeah, he. I think he's probably getting some of that Orioles magic where they're like, oh, we can try now? Like, we're trying to win now? Okay. I love yeah, the strikeouts. So, there you go. Dude, he was really got to watch this. And the Oakland Athletics, they were weak swings, just like giving up at the plated points. They were like, they were blown away by this pitch. And it really impressed me. So, Kevin Gossman, have yourself a shove. We love that. Have yourself a shove. <laughs> go shove, kid. Come on, let's see. Let's keep it rolling. Let's get that ERA to three and a half, and then I can really start giving you some love. Yeah, then you can get the 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 big shove alert. Yeah, that was you got second place shove of the week. So that's what that's why I got to give to you. Do you got you got something else you want to get to, or can we move on to our next segment? Um, yeah, let's do our next segment. Because we had some naughty boys this week, man. Some we did. There were some players in in the league who just didn't want to follow the rules. But we had a better overall week in baseball than before. There were a lot of ejections on Sunday, and I wasn't – today it was. And I wasn't able to get them in order because they're still happening, and I just thought it would be a little a little tight. So I kind of just went from Saturday the week before. Uh, and we only had two ejections during the regular week of baseball. But mm-hmm. we had Steven Strasburg of the Nationals and Wilson Contreras of the Cubs. And I got to give – the bad boy of baseball to Steven Strasburg, who got ejected in the stands for arguing balls and strikes. But day before his start, so maybe he didn't want to be there. He wanted to go back to the hotel. He wanted to go back. He wanted to warm up, you know, take a night off, maybe play some, I don't know, play some Warzone, drop at Supermarket with the boys. That's what this guy was trying to do. And he just got out. He was in in the uh, stands. He was chirping. Then he got up after he got ejected, and he just gave the biggest smirk in the world. Kind of wore his face mask a little crooked, so I was like, come on, let's straighten that out. But yeah, he's overall. I'm thinking maybe that was one of those. He was sitting in those uncomfortable stands, kind of wanted to leave. But the face mask, I think to give my scientific explanation, he's probably doing, I mean, obviously not a video podcast here, but kind of doing one of those. Uh, I'm doing it right now. How do you describe this? Like, oh, yo, like, you know when you're bored in class and you lean on your arm, your right arm, mm-hmm. and you push it against your face and it pushes your cheek yeah. up and you look fat? Yeah, he was doing that. Yeah. And then he got up and he had to go. He was like, I gotta yeah, go. kind of exposed. Like, he, his mouth was probably open a little. He was like, uh, he was kind of gaping a little bit. 
I think uh, Steven Strasburg set a trend, though, because one ejection I did see is Anibal Sanchez of the Washington Nationals got ejected in the stands today for arguing oh. balling strikes. And so he the starts are, tomorrow. Are coming back with a vengeance. So, yeah, though, he starts tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So, okay. That's a little fishy. They, it's a little Strasburg fishy. might have been like, he might have started the revolution here. He maybe started a revolution because he was sitting in the stands. He was arguing balls and strikes. Maybe the guys just want to go home. They don't want to be there for the game. They got to start tomorrow. They got to lock in. So that's something to look out for if you're not. Let's see if that continues across Major League Baseball because that'd be a. It'd be interesting to see, or if it's just a national thing. They just like to chirp. They do. They yeah. Maybe they're just they're just chirping by nature. Yeah, man. They're like. We're we're the defending World Series champions. We're not having a good season, so let's start. Let's start chirping everybody. You know, let's let's get on here. Yeah. How do we feel about the Nats? Like, the, I feel like I, they're not really talked about. Soto hit a four hundred and sixty-six foot home run this week, and he, he I believe, his slugging percentage on the season. I will check, but just before I look at his stats, I believe it's something like a thousand. It's ridiculous. It's like a bazillion, I think. So he's having himself a great return to, or like from what I've seen, he's been balls for them. Uh, but he got struck out after he did the Soto shuffle, which was kind of embarrassing. If you're, you know, if you're Soto, oh yeah, he want to hear Juan Soto stats for the season. Mm-hmm. Four oh five batting average, nine seventy free slugging percentage, one dot four three six OPS, six home runs, fourteen RBIs in ten games. Yeah, he. What is he at? Six home runs? Ten, six home runs, 14 RBIs in 10 games. Yeah, 1.436 OPS. I, yeah, he... And he's... This is his sophomore season. So he's just... He's like, yep, I'll play 10 games. I'll hit six home runs. I'll, well, this I'll is technically... It. This is third season. Oh, yeah. Well, second full season. Right? Yeah, true. Second full season. But it's his third season, and he's just... I think that after the playoffs last year, everybody knew he could hit... So everyone was like, oh, was that just like a some playoff magic? Now Soto's coming out, grabbing his junk, and Soto shuffling on everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. I love it. He's it he's always smiling. You got to love it. He's always up there smiling. Yeah, he he's fun. He's he's a good character to have in baseball. I like I, him. I have a shirt. Am I wearing hot, it now? I love Juan Soto, but hot take, I feel like he's going to become a very unlikable player soon. Old Soto could be unlikable. That, that's a good point. Right now, I, I love Juan Soto, but I feel like he's a very polarizing figure, and like everyone is like, oh, it's young and fun, but I just I wonder how long that young, fun Soto magic is going to last. 34-and-a-half-year-old Soto could be very hateable. 34-and-a-half-year-old Soto is very hateable, but, you know, I feel like he doesn't get enough love among young players. We talk about Acuna. We talk about Tatis. Dude, the guy who started the fun young player recently is Juan Soto, so come on. Give credit to credit due. Young legend over there. Juan Soto. Give yourself a week. Speaking of Tatis, I wanted to do a new segment of the week kind of thing we got going on. All right. What do you got? I'm ready the, for it. What jersey and or jersey is Jack wearing today while he records? Well, what jersey are you wearing? I can't mm-hmm. see. You're going to weird crop angle. I'm wearing angle. a gray Boston Red Sox Michael Chavis jersey. Ooh, Red lettering. Clean, That's clean. Boston. Got it when he started hot last year. Kind of. People probably don't even remember that because now he's just kind of cooled off. But That could be an antique in a couple years. Could be an antique. Um, I did order a Tatis jersey. Jersey or jersey? Jersey. The new Padres, the pinstripe jersey. Oh, we're going to have to make that a post on Instagram. It's you're looking It's fryer. getting me excited. It's, it's getting, getting a little, bit, little movement over there. I, I, yeah, like Justin Verlander slurve, as we said. <laughs> but I don't normally buy the jerseys, but that tattoo. Tatis jersey, it's just a good investment, and it just looks so good. It's like, you you gotta. It's like it's a good investment, honestly. Like I'm yeah, just a businessman. Yeah, you're not a jersey guy, so this is a big step for you. Way to go, yes. kid. I know. I I kind I used to be big into jerseys, but I've kind of fallen off. I'm gonna get back into them a little bit because you know I got some players I gotta cop some jersey of, but you know, mm-hmm. that's that's a good one. I I like it. Who? So um, how many jerseys you got rocking right now? I'm just curious. I got a lot. I'm kind of going. Th- Back to jerseys, though, right now. I'm trying to, they're just expensive, but I probably got like 20 jerseys I rotate through. 20 jerseys? Every other day is a jersey. I mean, if I'm going out, probably not wearing one, but if I'm around the house, just gotta wrap like a quick 
Goldschmidt baby blue, you know? That's that's my favorite jersey you got. That or the Timmy Anderson jersey. That was Tim, I got fun. Timmy Anderson. Some days it's just a Acuna day. You just want to swag. You just try to yeah, put you it just, on. Like you've become the player. If you're playing wiffle ball and you're not wearing a jersey, get the hell out of here. Yeah, that that could be the most appropriate time to wear a jersey. I, if you're yeah. going to, the, like, to Marshalls and you get a jersey on, it's like, okay, this guy like loves Tim Anderson. But if you're playing wiffle ball, you got a Tim Anderson shirt on, pimp a dinger, bat flip. It's like, this is what life was meant for. Oh, 100%. And can I tell you a jersey that I'm considering investing in? Mm-hmm. My boy, Matt Olson had a stretch where he hit seven home runs. For seven straight of his hits, went for home runs. And Does he, he this season? Yes, recently. This is like He's today. Seven, broke home runs? seven home runs. And Damn. so seven hits in of his in a row were went for home runs. That's and insane. It broke the streak broke today against the uh against the Giants and he's had free hits. Or he has free hits. The game's still going. And he yeah. I think he's the perfect representation of modern baseball. Do you want to know why? He is batting one fifty eight on the season. Oh. That's one uh, I would say like two thirty, but one fifty eight is he brutal. is batting one fifty eight on the season. And he has 12 hits, which means 75% of Matt Olson's hits on the season are home runs. He's got that launch angle going. He has the launch angle like nobody's business. So his slugging is, is 474, and his OPS is 786. So you hear all these stats, and you're like, this player is not good. But he's just hitting the ball out of the yard. So have a day, guy. Go That's off. That's a really weird stat. But it you're is still a weird taking, set. you're taking a Matt Olson jersey over a Chapman jersey, other side of the diamond. He's been showing out. Ch- Chapman jersey is an amazing jersey to have, a jersey to have. But I, you know how I love those little odd players jerseys. Mm. So I feel like a Matt Olson jersey is like someone will pause and have to ask who that is, whereas everyone probably should know who Matt Chapman is by now. Yeah. So that's okay. my, uh, that I don't have a segment for that, but I just figured we should talk about the fact that this guy went. Seven home runs, seven consecutive hits, and he's batting 158 in the season. Yeah, that's that's shocking almost. Unless hot, you're an A's fan, you probably you have no idea. Hot take, bad for baseball. Batting 158 isn't good. Unless you're hitting 50 home runs and batting 158, but I don't think that's possible. I don't really you, you like it. You gotta I don't hit really 250. like it. Yeah, I don't really like that. But batting 158, like, yeah, it's cool. Like, dude, Matt Olson, you're a fun guy. Hit some home runs. I'm rooting for you, but... You gotta, you gotta do a little bit better than that. He's, he's so close to being a multi-tool player. He can field. He yeah, he can, can pick it. Dingers. He he's just trying to get some, get some average going. Yeah, and he's apparently don't need it. So. But he usually ravages. Last season, he was a two sixty seven hitter. He's a two forty seven hitter. So his batting average is lower than it normally is. So if he's able to put that kind of home runs up and he hits two forty, good. You just gotta get over that. Gotta get over that Mendoza line. Yeah, it it should even out. There's no way he can hit. 150 on that A's team. I mean, he's got protection. They're winning. They've got the hype. He can pick it at first, which, I mean, like, get a nice scoop. The next at bat, you're swinging for the fences. So maybe that's it. But he'll he'll bat, like, at least 230. There's no way he stays under 200. Yeah, I just thought that was a nice little interesting, little fun fact for to conclude the pot uh, out. Unless you got anything else we got to get to. No, I'm... I think we covered, like, too much, honestly. Too much? Hey, we were just... It's a gloomy Sunday, like we said, and we're here. We're talking baseball, yeah. you know, just having a little fun time. That's just all I got yeah. to say. For turning to podcast, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, I'll, I got the outro. I just had to conclude. <laughs> I had to conclude with one thing, though. Uh, Indians. No, I'm, seven- I was just. I'm just saying that they should follow it. It wasn't even an outro. Oh, yeah. I'm just. Oh, yeah. Just you know, some facts, honestly. Follow us on Twitter at Turning to Pod. I'm doing yeah. these. Uh, oh, that's something I want to talk about real quick, guys. Yeah, because I like to toot my own horn. I've been doing these deep dives into players, mm. and we've just been sitting. I'm going through fan graphs. I'm going through baseball reference. I'm finding players that are having a good season or having a bad season. I'm going to explain to you guys why. Uh, I'm doing this mostly on Twitter, but I figured why not debut it a little bit here before we go out. And uh, let's talk about Dylan Bundy because I feel like Dylan this Bundy. is a good little topic to talk about. So Dylan Bundy is shoving this season. I believe he has a 168. ERA, if I'm correct, uh, I don't have this. I'd have to pull it up. Baseball Reference. Let me pull it up. But sounds right he, to me. That's what I tweeted out at the time. So this man is absolutely shoving on the season. And do you know why he's shoving? Is it because he's throwing his four seam less? 
Do you follow us on Twitter at the Turning Two Pod? I do actually. Well, then you're going to get great content because I'm here to help you. He is throwing his four seam. Dylan Bundy is averages his four seam around 90 to 91 miles per hour. But this, and he last season in 2019, he threw it 50% of the time. But now in 2020, he's dropped it down to 35, 35% of the time, 39% of the time, sorry, which is the first time in his career he's thrown it less than 50% of the time. And is also bumped up his slider to over 30% of the time. So it's obviously a clear message by the Angels pitching staff. Hey, let's throw off-speed stuff, Bundy. You throw 90-mile-per-hour fastballs. So why are we throwing meatballs and you're having a 4.79 ERA with the Orioles? So come over to us. We're going to teach you how to throw a slider. And you're going to have a sub-2 ERA and be the talking point and take a dump on talking Jake's career. So, mm-hmm. Bundy, shove. Way to go. Do you know D- Dylan Bundy? is actually short for Delicious Bunt Cake. I did know that. That's his legal name. Little known fact. Little known fact. Right there. So, if you didn't know that about Dylan Bundy and you want to learn some other weird stats about players, again, follow us on Twitter at TurnQPod. But that's all I got for you today, man. That's all I got. Yeah, I think we, we covered everything. We had some fun. We laughed. We cried. We removed. We changed. Um... Yeah, I mean, really, everything you want from a baseball podcast. If I do, if I'm frank, if I'm being frank. Yeah, and dude, we're gonna be doing this every Monday or Tuesday, depending on when we're able to record and get it out. But we're gonna be recapping your entire week of baseball. And like I like to say, we only have an hour of time. We're only able to do this once a week. So if we did not get to your team or player or storyline you would like to hear us talk about for some reason, make sure you reach out to us, tweet us again, turning to pod or on Instagram DM. Jack will respond to you. We'll do something a little fun, a little gaff for you. We'll talk about your favorite player or favorite team if we missed them. So make sure you check us out there. Check us out on Spotify. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Let's pump up that algorithm, guys. Let's mm-hmm. share this love. Let's share our baseball love with everyone. Come on. We're here to have some fun. That's all I got for you again today. We'll see you on Friday. We have a fun dump. Jack, take us out with some cool music. 